Hello, everybody. Welcome to Threepcast, episode three. I'm Elliot. I'm Anton. Konnichiwa. Watashiwa Philip Ridgeway-san. That was Phil being weird. Again. And today's episode is going to cover Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. Dun, dun, dun. But before we get going, uh, let's check in and see how everyone's doing. And Anton, why don't we start with you? Uh, How did your week go? I played Monkey Island 2 this week. (laughs) Wow, how about that? (laughs) I bet none of you guys did. Well, funny enough story. (laughs) I was sitting in the airport, and no, that's always a bit. No, um, (laughs) I did play Monkey Island 2 this week, and I also have become fascinated with this game. Um, Basically, one of my internet friends showed it to me. Uh, apparently, way, way, way back in the early computer game, well, not early computer game, but nine, I think it's around the 90s, late 90s, uh, when they were trying to make the most realistic computer games possible, uh, some people decided they were going to take this as far as they could and make a game called Desert Bus. And it was a bus driving simulator in which you had to drive from Tucson to Los Angeles or something like that. So like a 360-mile trip normally. And they're going to make it as realistic as possible. So, you have to sit there for eight, over eight hours driving the simulated bus from Tucson to Los Angeles. Wow. If you get all the way there, you get a point. You get one point. One point. The game maxes out at 99. And someone did the math, and you have to spend over 33 days sitting there driving a simulated bus down the road. The highest known score is 90 hours. What's the gameplay, though? What do you do? Well, you, you sit at a bus, road. and then the bus, like, slightly, like, it just goes, and then it, like, drifts left and right, so you have to constantly be adjusting it. So there's, like, no way you can hold down a button and let it play out for you. You actually have to actively play it for eight hours wow. to make it all the way to and, and periodically there are bus stops, and you can stop and pick people up. Yes. What happens if you crash? If you crash, the, this is the best part, if you crash... They have to dispatch a tow truck out to get you. So you have to wait till the tow truck drives <laughs> all the way <laughs> to where you are. And then it tows you all the way back. And then you have to start over. Wow. Um, I gotta say, as far as realism goes in games... Yeah, I mean, like, come on. You're not gonna get more realistic than that. Anyway, that's pretty much my week. It's the most fantastic Desert find. Bus and Monkey Island 2. Speed, speed runs of Desert Bus are the most amusing thing ever. <laughs> "Quote unquote speed run." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, my week since the last uh, podcast episode we recorded uh, has been rather interesting. Um, I recently took a uh, trip to Albuquerque to visit my girlfriend over the mor- Memorial Day weekend, and um, I decided to fly. And let's. Uh, not name airlines. Let's just come up with the name of an imaginary airline. Like, let's say the United Airlines. <laughs> let's say call them United Airlines. Okay. So I get to the I airport. I have to leave. My airlines. plane takes off at five. What? United is an actual airline. Yeah, I know. That was sarcasm. Oh. It was a reference to the John Delaney. Oh. Anyway. Go look up John Delaney, uh, best meal ever. It's a really, really good comedy skit. Anyway. So my plane leaves at like 10 till 6, and so I have to get up super early to drive to the airport. So it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm getting my ticket out of the little automatic machine, the self-service thing. And a message comes up notifying me that my flight has been canceled, and that I've been put on a flight 
for the following day at 5.30 in the evening. <laughs> so in my half-awake state, I'm staring at this, wondering just what... Because they didn't contact me or anything. So I'm just staring at it, wondering what is going on. So I called the lady over, and she's like, Oh, okay, well, let me see if I can get you on another flight. So they give me two options at this point. I can either get a guaranteed seat on a flight that goes out of Kansas City at 5.30 that evening. So basically, I would be stuck in Kansas City for an additional 12 hours before I could go. Or I could get on a flight in the next half hour and then take my chances hopping across to Albuquerque on the standby list, hoping that there'd be an open seat. So it's 4 in the morning. I'm not thinking very clearly, so I'm weighing my chances on either either option. And then I ask the lady what I should do and she's like well I think your chances are pretty good if you get on the standby so she's telling me I should just try to hop on the empty seats on these planes (laughs) so I'm like okay I'll get see if the first one has any open seats and see where it goes from there so the first plane that I can get on does have an open seat so at this point I can either stay in Kansas City and get a guaranteed seat at the end of the day or I can take my chances so I th- I'm thinking to myself at this point, okay, the worst possible thing that could happen to me is that this plane will take me to the Houston airport, and then I will get stuck there and not get on another standby flight, and then I'll be <laughs> stuck at the Houston airport all day. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, there's no way that's going to happen. Nah. Nah. So I get to the Houston airport. Uh, we land about 8 a.m., and then I proceed to spend the next 12 hours of my <laughs> life at the airport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I missed two standby flights, and it, it's so awful the way they do it is they show you a map of the empty seats. Yes. And as it gets closer to the flight taking off, the empty seats start to disappear, and then they show you the standby list with your name on it, and it never moves. Like, you never move up on the list. In fact, you move further down the longer you wait during the day. <laughs> so, eventually, I finally do get on another plane 6 p.m. that evening. And then once I'm on the plane... Mm-hmm, they announced mm-hmm. that they need to replace a fuel light indicator <laughs> on the plane. It's going to take an additional hour and a half. Uh, it was more closer to an hour, I guess, before the plane could take off. Uh, and so uh, they said HR would be coming on the plane to uh, provide us with compensation for the delay. And what their magical compensation was, it was two things. Here's what they gave us. The first, they gave us free water. Whoa. So, <laughs> Whoa. Second thing they gave us was the option to get off the plane and go back into the airport instead of just leaving us sitting there. That was wow. their big offer. Wow. So what an offer. Basically what Not happened was refuse. I got a middle seat, so the guys on either side of me decided they were going to go back in the airport and get drunk before the plane <laughs> took off. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I, I have to admit, I was I did feel like this is the closest in my life that I've ever been driven to alcoholism. Mm-hmm this airport experience or to grabbing a knife and just stabbing people yeah that was also an option that crossed my mind at, at one point um luckily that didn't happen i told my girlfriend that um when i was waiting for the second standby flight i said that next time you uh, see me will either be in person or on the news <laughs> yes so yes anyway and i did how? finally get to albuquerque and the rest of the trip was fine we did the we did the Breaking Bad tour and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, so, was your flight back eventful? <laughs> no, actually, the flight back had no problems at all. Wow. So, I was fully expecting something to happen. This is why no, this is why I don't leave the house. <laughs> yeah, um, 
Good life <laughs> advice. Don't leave the house. Don't leave the house. Play adventure games. Stay indoors. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about? Not Podcast Monkey wise. Island too. Monkey. I- well, yeah, we got to get to that. Hush up now. Uh. We got some. We got some podcast feedback. You guys want to do feedback? Okay. Okay. So, here we go. Uh, the first feedback was a tweet from Movie Night Carlo. Ooh. And basically, they have their own podcast where they talk about movies. And I actually listened to their podcast while I was stuck at the airport um, mm. last week. And it's, it's a pretty good podcast. You guys should check it out. Movie Night Carlo. And so their comment was, Download this podcast now if you love LucasArts point and clicks. It's awesome. And they gave us a smiley face. Nice. Awesome. And then the next piece of feedback we got was from Elizabeth Walkup, who is my girlfriend, because I didn't make that connection. (laughs) I I thought you were trying to not say her name, and then now now name's coming out. No, now now that connection has been made. So she sent us some uh, You can can edit that out, right? What? You can edit that out, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll fix that later. Some anonymity editing. Some, Some anonymity. Anyway, so Elizabeth writes, Phil should speak in Jamaican for the rest of his life. Okay. Do a review of the upcoming Flash movie next. Make Elliot read more things. Okay. Shorten the music intro. Okay. Make Phil move his mic away from his headphones. Okay. Phil, do it. Hey, you know, man, the the mic is not connected to my headphones because it's a gaming headset, you know. But, you know, I'll do my best, boom. Wow. Yeah, I can't this up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, did you guys remember which uh, spitting contest handles you were going to go by for this? Yeah, I remember this I, I was Stephen Hawking. That was yeah. That was by far and away. Anton, mine was Splooge. Uh huh. Mine was like Anton? Spitty Magoo or something. I think it was Spitty Magoo actually. Yep. If you remember anyway. what our spitting handles were, please contact. Podcast please send us feedback at, at our podcast email. I should actually check, because I haven't checked it um, all of today, basically, to see if we got any actual Monkey Island 2 feedback. If we did, we'll read it at the end of the podcast. Um, so, do we have anything else? Uh, or do you guys just want to jump into Monkey Island 2? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Uh, are you set for your Wikipedia adventure? Yes, I am set. One minute, one minute. 90 seconds of Wikipedia coming oh, yeah. at you. Okay, now... This time, instead of using a timer on my computer, I'm going to use an actual egg timer that is in wow. the shape of an egg. Elliot's seeing it now. And it's like my favorite timer ever because it's an egg timer that looks like an egg anyway. So, yeah, a minute and a half. All right, I'm ready to go when you are. Okay. Let's see. On your mark. Get set. Go! Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. It's an adventure game developed and published by LucasArts in 1991. It was the second game in the Monkey Island series and the sixth LucasArts game to use the Scum Engine. The sequel involves Guybrush's attempts to find the mysterious treasure of Big Whoop. The project leader and designer was Ron Gilbert, who was once more joined by Tim Schafer and Dave Grossman. Gilbert parted ways with LucasArts after Monkey Island 2, while Grossman went on to co-design Day of the Tentacle with Schafer. Schafer's future projects for LucasArts included Full Throttle and Grim Fandango. 
According to Gilbert, the Monkey Island series was partially inspired by the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Monkey Island 2 features a number of tributes to it, particularly a scene with a guard dog in a prison being lured by a bone, and Disneyland-style underground tunnels and e-tickets in the closing scenes. LeChuck's Revenge was the first title to use Michael Land's and Peter McConnell's iMuse audio sequencing engine that enabled the compositions in the game to change interactively depending on the current environment or situation. Its capabilities are extensively explored in the game with progressive music arrangements adapting to the story on screen for most of the game, and with logical transitions from one piece to another. After the success of Secret of Monkey Island, Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge was highly anticipated. Amiga Power called it the most eagerly awaited game of 1992. When the game was released, it received consistently high reviews for all versions, 95% from Amiga Computing for the Amiga version, and 96% from computer from computer gaming and computer and video games for the PC version. The game is still considered very high quality with contemporary reviewers scoring the game highly. Monkey Island 2 is often considered the greatest in the point-and-click genre, and it still stands up well against modern adventure game titles. In 1996, Computer Gaming World ranked it as the 74th best game of all time. As of 2012, the game holds a rating of 89.60% on the review aggregator site Game Rankings. You're done. I did it again. Yes. <laughs> nice job. Swag. I'm getting good at timing it at 90 yeah. seconds. Other than that or my egg timer is generous. I don't know. <laughs> the generous egg. Be. The generous egg. The egg that keeps on giving time. Okay. Anyway. So, All yeah. right. So M- Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge. Mm. Classic game. Classic game. Classic. For um, good reasons. For good reasons. Uh, who wants to go first? I liked it. <laughs> Okay, Mr. What do you like best about it? Uh, not the spitting contest guy. That guy is a loser. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that I, like, I know I brought this up in Secret Monkey Island podcast about the music, how we always mm-hmm. think Monkey Island is a very thematic game, whereas Secret Monkey Island did not, like, they had very little music, but the music that had stuck. Monkey Island right. 2's music is, like, you just read about in the Wikipedia section. The music in that game is so good. Like, this is actual music I would listen to, you know, when I'm doing other mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I really enjoyed the music. And the fact that it would, like, transition and, like, have different, uh... Oh, what am I... Like little thinking? bridge pieces of music. Yeah, little bridge pieces. It is, it's really fun just to listen to, I thought. That was yeah, I do have me. to say... Out of all of the components of Monkey Island 2 that still stand up today, the music engine has to be one of my favorite pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent mm-hmm. so much time in Woodtick just going in and out of buildings just trying to see how the music would change depending on when in the song that I would like walk through a certain doorway and then the song would change depending on what was going on next. It was just really, really cool. Yeah, and wasn't that, isn't this like the first time they did anything like this? Yeah, yeah, that's what the Wikipedia article said. Mm-hmm. Was that well, it might not have said it explicitly, but they wrote the iMuse engine specifically for Monkey Island too. Yeah, that's and then I think they used it in subsequent LucasArts games, but not to the extent like the music in the later games is not nearly as flexible as it, as it is in Monkey Island too. Oh no, definitely not. But yeah, they definitely played with it a lot. The other thing I really like is uh, when you're going through the swamp, and uh, when you get to the Voodoo Lady's hut. And uh, basically, you have to you have to row the coffin under this like skull jaw, and then it's like this giant skull that she's living in. And so you you row the boat under the jaw, and then the jaw will uh, clamp up, and it'll always play this little musical cue when you when it clamps up and you go inside the hut. 
but the cue is like in a different key depending on when in the song you are <laughs> when, when the event happens wow. there's a lot of little little cool touches like that musically i thought were really cool yeah the whole game is so atmospheric though also yeah definitely this game the music is very moody and creepy well mm-hmm. i feel the further like... you get into the game it gets creepier and creepier i think oh also. yeah well, I mean, the whole uh, premise of the game is a lot more dark, I would say, than Secret of Monkey Island, because in this game, it, like, I, I feel like it's kind of hard for us to talk about it since we've gr- grown up with this game, and we've at least this is the fifth, I think, time I've played through it. But, oh my goodness, the, the whole premise of LeChuck chasing after your revenge, this zombie uh, person just coming after, all, chasing you all over the Caribbean, that is, like, it's such a more... Uh, dark take, or not take. What am I thinking? Of? But just it's a lot more serious theme, I think, than Secret of Monkey Island. Yeah, the theme is a lot darker. Fake. I think generally sequels are a lot darker because they usually have to do with elements like revenge. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, yeah, I think this. Um, going back to the atmosphere that the music provides, one of the things I like about this is the fact that the music is wall to wall in this oh, game. Oh yeah. Like, there was a lot of silence in the first Monkey Island game, and I felt like that made it feel more like an old computer game. Mm-hmm. Whereas this feels more like a modern adventure game because it's constant music everywhere you go. Well, yeah, yeah definitely. The silence can definitely be effective, too. But yeah, like, like in the library. There weren't any places in the game where I felt like it needed to be silent or like the music was ruining the atmosphere. Yeah, no, the music much, was, was perfect, very well done. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Although I do love me some silence. Mmm. <laughs> Nutritious. Mm. Um, one of the things I like about the story, Phil, you were kind of talking about how the tone was different, sort of that it's darker. Uh, one of the things I noticed that was different is sort of um, the activities that you're allowed to do as Guybrush in this game are quite different. Mm. Mostly because in this, in this section of the Monkey Island story, Guybrush is now like a full-fledged pirate. So you do a lot more piratey mm-hmm. things. So you steal a right. lot more stuff, and you cause a lot more misery to the other characters. <laughs> and I, it, it like it's it lets true. you behave it lets you behave badly, <laughs> and I think that that gives the game a lot more of a, a fun tone it's because true. you're constantly like pulling pranks on people and stealing <laughs> from people and, and uh-huh. doing awful things. Oh right. yeah, the music when you're uh, getting chased by the chef around uh, Governor Marley's mansion <laughs> that comes to mind right now. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's it does feel like it's a lot more of a robust game than Secret of Monkey Island. Like I feel like Secret of Monkey Island, they're just kind of you know setting up characters and just testing mm-hmm. the waters. Where can we take this? And this game, they're definitely mm-hmm. just having fun with the world they've created. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that Monkey Island One was a a breakthrough game where they suddenly figured out a better way to make an adventure game. Mm-hmm. But because, like you said, because it was the first one. That right. they weren't really sure where to go with it, but here the, it, this one feels a lot more confident. Oh yeah, in the first Monkey Island game with all the puzzle design and just the general layout of the game. And uh-huh. I, mean, I mean, like Secret of Monkey Island always felt to me kind of like very small in scope. Like you only really go to Melee Island, the ship, and then Monkey Island. Whereas this one, you have Scab, Dinky, Booty, Fat, and then other. Miscellaneous. Fortress. Lechuck's Fortress, yeah, and then the ending tunnel. But it just felt like there's a, the scope of this game is so much more uh, expansive and just so much more stuff to do and see that made it a better yeah. game. Yeah, uh-huh. and kind of going off of that, I want to talk about the dialogue. 
in this game. Oh, the dialogue. The dialogue is absolutely perfect in this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Every, every dialogue tree is so funny. Like, I, I I mean, I've gone through all of these trees so many times in all the times I've played through this game, but it, it's still just so funny. All the stuff you can say to people, all the different options you can take, all the little Easter eggs they mm-hmm, put mm-hmm. on the different branches of, of each conversation. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck of woodchuck chuck, yes. chuck wood? Or like when that you're talking great. to the fisherman and he'll randomly have two pipes and then Guybrush yes. will say, where'd you get that other pipe? <laughs> yeah, just because of the sprite mess up. Yeah, yeah the sprite messed up, so the Guybrush will say, where'd you get that other pipe from? <laughs> oh, oh, this, oh my goodness, no, this is uh, on the same sort of track, but uh, I was, uh, okay, <laughs> I will admit that I was not very diligent about getting this game done, and I chugged through most of this <laughs> yesterday. Um, okay. So I was just doing it as fast as possible while talking to everyone as much as possible. But, you know, is trying to speed run the puzzles. Is, like, I, I still remembered most of the puzzles. So I have the fish already, and I talked to the fishermen, and I agreed to do the contest who can get the biggest fish. So I'm standing oh, there, and I tried to give the fish to the fisherman, and Guybrush is like, oh, hang on a second. And then he, like, talks through the sounds of catching a fish, and like, he's like, gotta, gotta cast my fishing rod. Oh, oh man, what? it's a big one! Oh, baby, look at the size of this thing! And then he hands it to the guy. <laughs> oh my goodness, really? It is the funniest piece of- I never knew it was there, because I always- I didn't either! It is the funniest I would always bit of dialogue to... ever. I love yeah, it. I would always talk to the fisherman first before <laughs> doing that. That's hilarious. But yeah, I encourage just play. You could play this game, I think, about five times and still not see all the dialogue, all the funny stuff that's in there. But yeah, you no, it six like times, one of the maybe. one of the things I went out of my way to do on this playthrough was I tried to see, because I know all the puzzle solutions pretty much by heart. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was see how the game would try to catch you if you did it wrong. So mm-hmm. that if you like use the wrong inventory item, or if you try to get past a certain point without doing the thing you're supposed to do to get through that point, mm-hmm. doing things that I'd basically never done before with yeah. trying to play through Monkey Island. So yeah, I did experience a lot of that, of little uh, bits of conversation that I'd never noticed before, just because I never tried mm-hmm. getting past a certain point without doing the correct thing. Right. Yeah, uh, this is kind of on the same tangent, but... Uh, Getting over uh, circumventing puzzles and seeing how they stop you. Uh, in the special edition that we encourage people to get on Steam, because it's one of the only ways I think of getting the actual game. Um, yeah. Did they correct? There used to be okay. There used to be a thing in Monkey Island where, at a certain point, you need a spitting uh, drink that thickens your spit so you can solve the puzzle, and it's mandatory at, at a later part of the game. However, earlier in the game, when you originally need it. You can't circumvent this by uh, using a trick that gets you one piece of eight, and I think you have to get 6,000 pieces of eight. You can totally circumvent getting the spitting drink. Then well, that sticks you in the later part, so I didn't know. Yeah, what it is is um, there are these pirates on Scab Island. They're called the mm. Men of Low Moral Fiber, and you can <laughs> offer to um, get some wood polish to polish the guy's peg leg, and if you go get it and then give it and go uh, polish his peg like he'll give you one piece of eight and you keep, can keep doing this over and over and over and if you work your way it's not six thousand it's six million pieces of eight so basically well if you have six thousand you can get the yeah you can charter a cage ship oh right no yeah you're right you only have to get up to six thousand yeah. you're right sorry um I wonder though if you get up to six million can you just go straight to the, <laughs> the map. map piece gosh 
Somebody anyway. needs to hack into the game and find out for oh us. Oh my gosh, no, no, no. What if you got like 6,000 and then you get, no, 6 million, you grab the map piece and then you go to Cade Capsize and then you do that and try to give the monkey heads of the guy. What do you think the game would do? Oh, I have no idea. That's wow. Fun. I think this is a topic for another this is a, day. This is, we need anyway, some, so we need once you get three paths basically, team to go if you, uh, if you, this. what? Nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was Gosh. really quiet for me for some reason. Hush. Anyway, so if you uh, if you get all six thousand pieces of eight the wrong way, mm -hmm. one at a time, and then you can circumvent one of the puzzles so that you don't have a certain uh, green drink that you need later on when you're stuck in LeChuck's torture chamber. So basically, you can way to do spoil this. the puzzle. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guy. <laughs> um. You, you, basically, you can get stuck in LeChuck's yeah. torture chamber, essentially. Uh -huh. And I don't know if they corrected that in the special edition. I do. I know they made a couple of text changes to a couple of things. Nice. Mm -hmm. I think jokes jokes that they deemed were no longer politically correct. Uh huh. Um. But. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't. I, well, I I, I want to talk about the ending specifically, oh, but gosh. we're going to say we're getting the ending already. No, no, no. We'll we'll save that okay. for for afters. Um, so, yeah. What did you guys think of the uh, puzzle density? Like, as far as the number of puzzles and how difficult they were. It was nice. I there were only a couple of puzzles I thought were frustrating or otherwise um, bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I, the the why. Uh, uh, puzzle to get to the cottage on Fat Island. It's like, why Why would you think to do that, like, ever? Do you want to say what it is? It was the banana puzzle. It was like, what? No, that doesn't... No. Well, no. so basically, <laughs> you have to... There's a, there's a all water my tears. pump. What? That, that, that earned all my tears. Yeah, there's a water pump that you have to turn <laughs> off, and to turn it off, you need a monkey wrench. So what do you use for a monkey wrench? A monkey. Obviously, you need to use a monkey. Well, that made sense to me. It was reasonably reasonable. But how do you get the monkey? About how to get the monkey how in the first you, how, place? That was that drove me crazy. Yeah, getting the monkey in the first place definitely makes no sense. Um, the monkey wrench, I think, is more infamous for being a bad puzzle. Mm -hmm. On on the new uh, on the Double Fine Adventure. Uh, Kickstarter documentary, Tim Schafer's talking about puzzle design in one of the episodes and he says that he's making reference to on a Broken Age, how they didn't want to just throw puzzles in for puzzle's sake and he said rather than throw a monkey wrench in and then he looks off to the camera and's like monkey island joke but yeah, there definitely were a couple of puzzles that I thought took it too far specifically the ones you brought up but overall, like I really... To me, this this game is almost the gold standard for yeah. how thick to make an adventure game as far as difficulty and it's the number true. of red herrings. Mm -hmm. Like the library card catalog is right. um, one of my favorite elements of the game just because there is so much that you could, like... There's yeah. so many ways you could get lost there. But if you know what you're doing, if you sort of know what you're looking for, it's not yeah. difficult. Yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, it's just a wealth of little jokes. Mm-hmm. In the in the card catalog, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Also, I remembered that being more painful from the last time I played it, but it was actually not bad. 
Yeah. Um, you guys remember the copy protection for the original version of Monkey Island yes. 2? I yes. Was almost, when I first started playing, I was about to Skype you asking how on earth to get past this, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, ScumVM turns off the copy protection. Which is so nice. It's mm-hmm. very nice. But um, back in the olden days, what they did was to keep you from copying the game. <laughs> and give they gave you to all your friends th- on floppies. They gave you, yeah, right. They <laughs> gave you this, this spinny code wheel that had all these little slits in it with numbers. Yes. And you had to, like, spin it around to make different combinations of things. And then it would tell you the numbers to unlock the game. Mm-hmm. So basically the idea was you couldn't scan it and yeah. send a picture of it. But um, when we first got this game, I, I think it was, like, 2002 or something... The version we got off of eBay didn't have the code wheel in it. <laughs> so we got the game and we installed it and it was impossible to actually play mm-hmm. it. So I got on the internet asking for people's help, saying, I ordered this off of eBay and it didn't come with the code wheel. Can somebody please help me get past the copy protection? And I forget which, which public forum I went to, but they were very skeptical. They're like, how do we know you didn't pirate this? How do we know you really bought it off of eBay? And they're basically mm-hmm. no help at all. That's the internet. And so so I own two copies of Monkey <laughs> Island 2, one without the code wheel and one with the code uh-huh. wheel. Nice. So anyway, yeah, I'm glad they got rid of that finally. Oh, when you're bringing up the uh, year when we got it, uh, fun fact I wanted to note, like how you're as old as Secret of Monkey Island, Anton is as old as Monkey Island 2. So <sighs> there you go. Real- Monkey Island 2 came out in 1991, though. No, you said 1992 earlier. In the podcast. I said 2002. No, you said 1992 earlier. No, in the that's podcast. Monkey Island 2. No, I'm pretty sure I heard I 1992. No, I said 1991. Okay. Well, I Are you talking wrong. about the Wikipedia section? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I, I heard think you it was in the Wikipedia section. So it's the most I anticipated game of your ex. I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. Amiga Power called it the most eagerly awaited game of 1992. I think that's a typo. Ah. Well, fun facts with Typo Ridgeway. <laughs> wow. 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 wow I, I, f- I feel like we can't get through an episode of a podcast <laughs> without you randomly criticizing something. Wow. Gosh. Um, I'll be back. I'll, I'll be, be back. back. I'll be back. I, okay, More well, Monkey Island conversation right. references. Can we just talk for a little bit about Nice. Because what one of my favorite things in this game <laughs> yes. is if you look at something that they don't exactly ha- like, they have to program each and every uh, response Skybridge has for any right. object you look at. So if you look at something they weren't anticipating you looking at or they couldn't think of anything to say, they'll just say, nice what a- noun of whatever you're looking at. So, like, nice door. But this gets better and better the further you get into the game where they're running out of... St- like stuff to say when you look at stuff like in Little Chuck's Fortress you find this giant sign of splinters I think it's called and if you look at it Guybrush says nice sign of splinters <laughs> and yes. it's just it's one of my favorite things just to look at everything and see if you uh-huh. can just get them to say yeah, nice yeah toward the end of the game they just ran out of ideas so they mm-hmm. just left all the stuff you can look at is just nothing there so and it's, it's nice about everything and it's I know great. we're talking about the core of Monkey Island 2 and not the special edition but one of the things I kind of dislike about the special edition is so they wouldn't have to get Dominic Armato saying every single noun as that they just changed right. it to nice and I don't know I feel yeah. like that loses some of the charm from mm-hmm. the new people 
No, I think you're mentioning how when you get to LeChuck's Fortress that um, basically everything you look at in LeChuck's Fortress has just the default look at sentence, mm-hmm. so Gabrish will just say nice blank on everything. I feel like that's almost, whether or not that that was them being lazy at the time or whether that was... Are you guys still there? Uh-huh. Yep. Sorry, the the images froze. I couldn't tell if the Skype call dropped. Yeah, images frozen over here. We're getting nasty weather, so... Sorry, we'll try to wrap it up. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties. We can just get cast for sync. Beep. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll cut that part out. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what I was saying was, what was this? Oh yeah. No, I feel like regardless of whether it was them being lazy when they got to Lechuk's fortress or or whether that was an intentional joke, I think it 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 works really well. Just having Guybrush just say nice about any, everything. That's just like a joke in itself. <laughs> uh huh. It's true. Yeah, and I was noticing so. when you get to uh, Dinky Island, uh, at near the this is like the last third of the game, kind of how I see it. Uh-huh. Um, you can like one of the things I did, I looked at this tree on the beach, and Guybrush is just like, "That looks like a giant slug." <laughs> I'm just like, what on earth? And then he looked at another tree, and Guybrush is like, "That looks like a giant pencil." <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I feel like they were getting kind of tired of writing dialogue near the end. I don't understand yeah. why they took away my knife, and then they made me pick up a bottle and break it on a rock and use it for the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah, that's, that was another thing. There's, I'm thinking on there's a puzzle, puzzle where you have to open that a puzzle. bag that's hanging from a tree, and to do this, yeah. you have to get a broken bottle. And I found the bottle on the beach, and I just thought, oh, hit bottle with the rock. And you can break <laughs> the bottle on the rock at the beach. But Anton w- <laughs> broke it with the uh, crowbar. So apparently there are multiple ways to open up the bottle, which I thought was interesting. I was like, well, maybe I need to put a message inside and send it out to sea to get help, because <laughs> I couldn't remember all the puzzles at the end. Well, there's a helpline in the jungle. Gosh. They didn't give me any help. They just told me not to ask about the stump. <laughs> yeah, I do like it in adventure games when they give you multiple solutions mm-hmm. to a puzzle, and it's not just the one way the programmer imagined it, but they give you... Like, they, they reward you for thinking it through. Otherwise, I would still be stuck on that puzzle. <laughs> I, I would always break it on the tree next to the bag <laughs> where you're, you're supposed to use the broken bottle to knock it down. Mm, I guess that so, kind yeah, of that makes is, sense. That is cool, though. I'd never realized that they had multiple solutions. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I really have... I don't have that much to say as far as negativity goes on this game. This yeah. is one of my, my favorite games of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, like, it's just so much fun to play. Like, it is a hugely fun game to play. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so, uh, what we discussed before we started recording is we wanted to save all of our discussion about the ending of Monkey Island 2 until the end. Um, for those of you who have not played Monkey Island 2, the ending is one of the most notorious in adventure game history for the way they ended it. Um, and it's really something you should experience on your own <laughs> rather than having us tell you about it. Oh, definitely. So, if you have not played Monkey Island 2 and you don't know what the ending is, you should probably stop listening stop right now. Stop listening now, spend $10 to buy it. Yeah. No, seriously, go buy the game because it's, it's worth, worth every on penny. On Steam, $10. We're going to spend the rest of this podcast talking about the ending of Monkey Island 2. So, if you don't want to have it spoiled, stop listening to this podcast right now. Bye-bye. Bye. Get out. Get out. <laughs>
Spoilers. Welcome back to the secret Monkey Island 2 ending club. <laughs> the secret of Monkey Island 2. One of us. One of us. Okay. So. So the ending. Yes. Um, oh my let's goodness. start with. Let's start with. Uh, what do you guys think of it today? Like, what was your what was your opinion on the ending? Having <sighs> played through it this most recent <laughs> like, time. Oh my goodness! I have like, again, I've played this game so many times, but I have never been more. Ah, uh, that ending is just so unsatisfactory. It's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we, we're it talking so much sense. about. Well, yeah, it, connect, it connects to Curse of Monkey Island. Okay, here's the thing: we're talking so much about the writers being lazy and stuff. And there's like oh, yeah. most of it is like a Star Wars reference to uh, <laughs> Star Wars Five, and I can't help but wonder if they're just blowing the ending off. Like, oh, we'll just do this. This will be funny. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I can't. I, I don't can think they were honestly that. taking it that seriously. For the tone that they had set up that entire game, it just feels sort of well. Yeah. Can I say something? I had always seen it as a planned thing. Hmm. And I mean, I I can definitely see the laziness that you're talking about there, but it's also the fact that they're breaking the fourth wall like that, and all, like in other places, like you go to the room with the skeletons, and there's just the sign that says "Lost Parents." Yeah, <laughs> it's like it, it lends itself to a really unsettling atmosphere just because it totally takes you out of the rest of the game. Yeah, it is super super surreal. And you, know, you break like, the, you find, finally find the treasure of Big Whoop, and then he totally forgets about it as soon as he falls in the thing. Yeah, and he's like, right, no, he it, doesn't even ask for the treasure. There's just a ticket with the letter E on it, and it's never explained. And it's like there were there were fourth wall breaking moments earlier where they would reference the fact they're in a computer game, mm-hmm. or there'd be like modern day things, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was in the pirate universe, even if it was yeah. a silly pirate universe. But once you go down that tunnel, it's like, what is going on? Yeah, because exactly. Because it's like, where are you? Mm-hmm. What What are these tunnels? Yeah. Why Why are Guybrush's parents down there? Why is there a waiting room with lost parents? Uh-huh. Why is there an elevator that leads up to Melee Island? Yeah, exactly. And it's creepy it, it, it also a, because you're trying to build a voodoo doll by tricking LeChuck, and he's chasing you around. It's just like the whole thing. Right. And, and the I always like it in, and the whole thing is very unsettling. I like it in games when they leave you to do something that somebody else did for you earlier. Uh-huh. Where it's like, oh great, now I've got to figure out how but to do this. But they don't spell so that, it out that you have to do that. Right, so the fact that you have to make a voodoo doll of LeChuck and you have to do it without the voodoo lady's help, I thought also makes it unsettling. Because uh-huh. it's like, Guybrush doesn't really know what he's doing. He's just kind of going off of what she did. Yeah, exactly. You want my opinion on the whole LeChuck being Guybrush's brother? Okay, shoot. I think the only reason, like, regardless of what they had planned for the original third Monkey Island, I think the only reason they did that was so that they could explain how Guybrush... Because you have to... you have to. Uh, one of the voodoo doll ingredients was something oh. of the dead. So it's like, uh-huh. okay, well, what is what can That's what can we true. do for LeChuck's dead? Oh, well, maybe it could be Guybrush's parents, and they're related. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, like, but I also feel like they could have gotten around that by the fact that LeChuck is already dead. Like, all you have to do is, like, what, rip a leg mm-hmm. off or something? That's true. True. Like, wouldn't, technically, um, wouldn't, when you hand him the hanky and he sneezes on it, wouldn't that count as something of the dead? Or, or his Yeah, that beard? just would have been really confusing. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's true. Yeah, definitely. No, I just, I, I like to think that they designed the puzzle backwards like that, that they made Guybrush and LeChuck brothers just so they could have mm-hmm. that thing with the skeleton be the solution to the puzzle. But here's the thing also, like, the end, the very end, when Chucky's walking on the amusement park <laughs> and he turns the can- he turns to the player and, like... It's obvious that LeChuck is doing something to trick Guybrush. Mm-hmm. 
So like yeah, yeah and the scene at the lane. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like they they really did toe the line of amb ambiguity to where you're not really sure. Mm -hmm. Because see, here's the thing: Ron Gilbert originally intended Monkey Island to just be three games, but he never mm -hmm. he left Lucas Arts before he finished the third right. before he had a chance to make the third game. So. This has been, like, a point of infamy among <laughs> adventure games. What was Ron Gilbert going to do for Monkey Island 3? <laughs> so, it, yeah, and I mean, I think he I think he deliberately won't, is, is like, keeping quiet mm. about it because he knows that that keeps him popular. But yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, so people don't know. See, the Monkey Island series went on without him. Um, yeah. They made three more games. But um, no, he never told anybody what the, uh, what the ending meant. And so mm -hmm. there's been lots of speculation. And um, just completely forgetting about how it links to Curse of Monkey Island for, for, the, for the moment. Yeah. Um, my favorite fan theory, and Dave Grossman, I think, tacitly confirmed that this was what they were going to do. But my favorite fan theory about what the ending means is that basically the idea is that Guybrush and Chucky are at an amusement park. Mm -hmm. And that's the framing story for Monkey Island. And mm -hmm. the idea is that Guybrush... So, like, they're at Disney World, for instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that Guybrush runs off from the park, and he's off doing his own thing and imagining that he's a pirate. So, like, he's mm -hmm. on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride or whatever. Yeah. So he's, he's off doing his own thing, imagining that he's being a pirate. And the idea is that uh, Guybrush's parents send Chucky to go find Guybrush and bring him back. Mm -hmm. So the entire thing is in Guybrush's imagination... And the whole thing is taking place in an amusement park. Well, that's what's suggested in uh, the ending, like when you talk to the parents that sent your parents that sent Chucky mm -hmm. out to find Guybrush. Yeah, but it's never explicitly stated that that's what's going on, because they, you're right. They they have that thing with Elaine where she says, "I hope that LeChuck hasn't mm -hmm. cast a spell on Guybrush." So you're not sure if the amusement park section is in Guybrush's head and it's not really happening or if that's what's actually happening. But yeah. if, if, it, if it was actually happening, why on earth is Chucky's eye, why are Chucky's eyes <laughs> red and lightning coming out? Like, uh -huh. Well, I think that's, that's like, well, I mean, because honestly, because they had been blurring the line between what's Guybrush's imagination and yeah, what's real true. at that mm. point. So that could have just been part of Guybrush's imagination. True. The other reason why I think this theory holds water is because of the elevator. You can go up to mm -hmm. Melee Island and they've got it roped off like you're in a different part of the amusement park. Mm -hmm. And also I think there's a, there's a good article. Um, I don't know if this website's still up. It was on a website called the Scumbar, scumbar.net, I think. Mm -hmm. And they, they found these pictures of Disneyland rides that matched yeah. locations in Monkey Island 2. So, like, <laughs> I think the uh, the tree on Booty Island with all the pegs oh, in it that you yeah. have to climb up. Somebody said that looked like the Robinson uh -huh. or the the Swiss Family Robinson tree at, at the Disneyland. And uh, like you said, like um, the E ticket that you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, that's that's another reference to Disneyland. You can yeah. see the little castle on the ticket. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think that there's a lot of evidence to say that's where they were going to go with Monkey Island Three had that been made before Ron Gilbert left. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I do remember being really unsatisfied when we played the game the first time because we played it out of order. We played Curse of Monkey Island right. first, and so it started with uh, Guybrush having just escaped the carnival, <laughs> and so mm -hmm. we we were always like, "Oh well, I bet they explain all this in Monkey Island too," and they didn't. It's probably better that way. Yeah, but they didn't no, try I to like connect it directly. I like the fact that when they picked up Curse of Monkey Island, they didn't try to explain it perfectly. They just kind of left yeah. it unsaid how Guybrush got out of it. I So that way, you didn't take away from the ambiguity of the ending. I do find it interesting, the whole uh, imagination theory, because 
and between Monkey Island one and two, there are there's a really large gap in the story that's never quite explained, like why Elaine in the first game is like totally in love with Guybrush in the second game. Yeah, why they had their falling out. Yeah, why they had a falling out and how Guybrush got fabulously wealthy. How did he get all that money? Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many it's, gaps. And that sounds just like Monkey Island. What a little kid would imagine in a story, like there would be gaps in it and then just not go back and explain it. So I I it could I definitely think that's what they were going for, but I'm so glad that they didn't do it because Ah, Curse of Monkey Island. I cannot wait for that podcast. I think I mentioned it every episode now. I think you have mentioned like Curse of Monkey Island and you've also you've also wrapped on Escape from Monkey Island every yes, episode so far. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. This game is like <laughs> I feel like the polar opposite of Escape from Monkey Island. I'm just gonna state <laughs> we, that now and I'll see. go into that when we get to Escape, but Can we just skip to Escape for the next episode <laughs> so we can have a humongous <laughs> argument about it? Oh yes. my goodness, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll, get Robert on that one too so he yes, can yes. argue about it. Um, anyway, w- so the grog machine in the tunnel. Yeah, I just thought, oh, it's a grog machine. That's a reference to Monkey Island One. But Phil pointed out when I was playing it that it's beat up, and it's probably implied that it's the same grog machine from. Yeah, from that is Sam's. the implication. Because yeah. Guybrush fell into it, so that's uh-huh. why it's beat up. Right. I never. And if you look at it, Guybrush like, that brings back painful memories. So. Uh huh. The other thing. Creepy. The other thing. Going back to the imagination theory. If you notice carefully, well, I mean, probably everyone who's played the game has noticed this, so it's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal. The uh, the layout of the Big Whoop Amusement Park screen perfectly matches the layout of the Boogie yeah, Island right, landing exactly. dock screen. So that kind of lends itself to the idea that Guybrush was imagining everything because the buildings are all laid out exactly the same. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. in an amusement park instead of a pirate town. Uh huh. Well, you can you can interpret it either way. Yeah, no, that and that's what I like about it is it's perfectly yeah. deliberately ambiguous. Yeah, exactly. You can read it however you want, uh-huh. and they don't they don't really. They e- you can either say Guybrush was imagining the whole thing, or you can say that LeChuck cast a spell on him and is using like childhood memories to sort of mm-hmm. manipulate. Like, not really. Yeah. You're not really clear what exactly was going on uh-huh. in that that ending sequence in the tunnels. And then if you inhale helium, he says, I'm bumping Threadbare, are you my mother again? <laughs> he also sings the song from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> we represent the lollipop uh-huh. gill. Yeah. yeah. I that part. The, I, it was the most hilarious thing because I was trying to solve the ending puzzles. And oh, yeah. Anton could tell... Tuck was trying to chase me into the elevator and then he just starts singing this stupid song. <laughs> Anton, I, I, I couldn't love... figure out how to make the elevator go up. I love the chest of drawers in that same room in the tunnels. <laughs> yes, if you look at all yes. the drawers, Guybrush imagines all these things in each drawer. Is like it's probably full of all sorts uh-huh. of useful tools. It's full of millions of dollars. And then yes. he finds the last drawer and he's like, "It's empty." Yeah, he's like, "It's probably empty." Yeah, there's nothing in any of them. That's where all their descriptions went for the other things in the rest of the end of the <laughs> game. <laughs> they spent all their time on those drawers. Yep. 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 Truced. Yes. Truth. I think the uh, that ending sequence did sort of influence me a lot, just because of how surreal it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not recommending anybody go play this, but a few years later, I decided I would make a fan game of Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. Oh, where yes. the I, rem- first, I can't even remember it. I remember it fondly, first, but I never played it. <laughs> the whole first chapter 
So basically, the idea of this fan game was that Commander Keen from the Commander Keen games, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, teams up with Guybrush. Yes. And they go have adventures. Don't ask me why, but anyway, I decided I would dedicate the entire first chapter of the game to explaining the Big Whoop ending of Monkey Island 2 and linking it to Curse of Monkey Island. Which, you know, whatever. It, it had no bearing on the rest of the fan game. But I guess I was just determined that I was going to sort out everything that happened and it perfectly mm-hmm. get it all ironed out. Well, yeah, because there is like a set, the bridge between Lechak's uh, Revenge and Curse. Like, we know at some point the love bomb got used on Elaine. And right. You know and that explains that why she's in love with Guybrush after that point. Yeah. And you know that somehow Guybrush ends up on sea in a bumper car with a half-eaten cord dog. Well, right. we don't know. Yeah, my fan game explains all of that. Yeah. So. But why Why is the treasure of Big Whoop a ticket with the letter E on it? And why is it in, underneath a layer of cement? I feel like Guybrush all right. talks Sorry, about go Big ahead. Whoop and Curse. Like... How is kind of a disappointment, and then the voodoo lady mentions it. I can't remember. See, okay, there are a couple things I want to bring up. First of all, let's just talk about the name, Big Whoop. Big uh-huh. Whoop. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh yeah, right. So I mean, the, it's built into the name that it's going to be a disappointment. <laughs> True. Also, when you talk to the voodoo lady uh, at the end of part one, when you're still on Scab uh-huh. Island, she sp- says that uh, Big Whoop is not just a treasure; it contains a portal to another world. Hmm. Find that world, and you can escape LeChuck forever. What? So, it they they that's in Monkey Island yeah, too. That's not something right. they added later for Curse. Uh huh. So that kind of lends itself to why the, okay. So and then this kind of goes back to the Disney World theory. So if Big uh-huh. Whoop is a ticket, that is like saying the ticket is the the portal to another world, say Disney World, hmm. or Disneyland, I guess. So uh-huh, yeah. you could metaphorically say the ticket was was uh-huh. um was like. You know, sort of an analogy for leading Guybrush back to the real world. If you want to go to the the uh, the imagination mm-hmm. theory, but what, how does it make sense in the not in the regular theory? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's ambiguous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll we'll never know because well, Ron Gilbert's true. never going to tell us Here's what he had in mind. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Uh, if you notice, when you talk to the Voodoo Lady in this game, there is a discrepancy in what she reminds Guybrush of. Uh, yeah. Between like what actually happened in Secret of Monkey Island, what she says. Now, this is totally throwing out the uh, imagination theory out the window and saying this isn't the actual piratey world and whatnot. Okay. Um, she tells Guybrush to go find Big Whoop and all this, and then all the stuff that happens with LeChuck and all that. Mm-hmm. But right. that takes on a totally different light once you finish Tales of Monkey Island, which we're not yeah. going to get to for some time, but right. oh my goodness, that ending. It's so they told pretty much retconned the entire yeah, series. Yeah, I mean, like, we can't really say anything about it now, but if you go back and go to play all the games and then get to the end of Tales and come back to the, Like, I've been noticing the voodoo lady... It fits it surprisingly neatly, though. Yeah. With what, what happens in this game. Like, the voodoo lady seems to always be twisting the past events in Guybrush's head. <laughs> Whenever you talk to her, like, I know it happens again in Curse, but... Yeah, yeah no, it sounds I, like she's being self-aggrandizing, though. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that was the original idea. I don't think that Ron Gilbert had it in mind, the whole t- plot twist with the voodoo lady they put into Tales of Monkey Island. Oh, no, definitely I, not. I think the running joke originally was that the voodoo lady would arbitrarily take credit for things that happened in previous games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in the in the game, the idea was that she was self-aggrandizing herself, mm-hmm. but the whole like the s- story drive for that was so that they could neatly 
summarize what happened in previous episodes without having right. to bring in a whole lot of explanation. So That's that true. you know, she could just kind of say, "Oh yeah, I helped you do da 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 da." da. Uh huh. Yeah, but I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, and then at the ending, Lachuk is talking about how their their destinies are entwined together or something. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I don't so know. I, know, I mean, it's been a while wow. since I played Tales, so I'm not really sure how I feel about how well the whole voodoo yeah. lady thing fits in. It, We're getting way off track. But <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. The, yeah. See, I don't know. Yeah, I was I actually fit, thinking. I mean, yeah. I was actually thinking the same thing when I was going through the Voodoo mm. Lady conversations when I played through the game this time. I was trying to think, how does this fit in with what yeah. we know in Tales of Monkey Island? Exactly. And it fits in sort of a painting over everything sort of way. And Were like you said, retconning everything. What? No, no, just the whole the whole idea of it. Well, well yeah. Can we say... No. No, no, we have no, to wait okay. till Tales of Monkey Tales Island. Tales of Monkey Island was released in the last ten years. So? It's still spoilers. <laughs> Snape killed Dumbledore. <laughs> okay, okay. So, alright, alright. So let me just say, like, I don't like the plot twist in Tales of Monkey Island. Really? I, I thought it was great. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, it just feels like it creates too many holes. Hmm. Just, what? like, in the little details. Okay, and it's not- really hard for me to say specifically what bugs me about it because I don't want to spoil Tales of Monkey Island until we get to that. Yeah, let's let's hold off on this. I didn't know this was going to bring up such harsh feelings. Let's hold off on it's this. Also, it's also frustrating to me because Tales of Monkey Island also has a cliffhanger. <laughs> and so uh-huh. it's not it's not as is not as teeth grinding as the Monkey Island 2 ending, but they did still leave some stuff ex- unexplained yeah. at the end of uh, Tales of Monkey Island. So it's like we're talking about this whole subplot with the voodoo lady and Lachak and how they're related, but they never explain it in Tales of Monkey Island. They sort of left it up to a sixth Monkey Island game to explain that. Uh huh. I so want to play still it. So we still we still don't know how that was all going to fit together. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of like like the the whole going to escape from Monkey Island temporarily, the Herman Toothrot thing. Yeah. That's another thing where I feel like yeah. I don't know how I feel about them going back and retconning existing <laughs> stuff just for the sake of a cool plot twist. Cause, just because it creates a lot of little tiny holes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just looking in the big picture, yeah, these plot twists are fine, and they're, they're just, you know, silly. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, this character was actually doing this. Dun, dun, dun. But if you, actually, if you actually get to, like, the minutia and try to make it fit in with everything that happens in the game, it does kind of fall apart to a, a tiny degree. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I will fair, say, though... I, I like the twist in Tales of Monkey Island better than the twist in Escape from Monkey Island, just because I like Herman Toothrot better as his own character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herman Toothrot was With such just a good being character. Just being a hermit that lives on an island and acts stupid. What do you guys think about the fact that LeChuck, being Guybrush's brother, never gets brought up in any other Monkey Island I game? feel like that is... Well, the fact that it doesn't get brought up in the other Monkey Islands, that's because uh, they don't play on... The, they take it as the actual pirate world, sort of. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, world line instead of imagination. <laughs> yes, the timelines. I think... I, th- I, I think, think that's that just because he was trying to get Guybrush to put the leg back on the voodoo doll. Right. Yeah, no, I think that Guybrush... There's a little line when you complete the LeChuck voodoo doll... Mm-hmm. Uh, Guybrush will say, okay, brother, and brother's in quotations. Mm-hmm. So Guybrush doesn't ever really believe it, I guess. 
But when mm-hmm. he takes the mask off, he's like, "You're my creepy little brother, Chucky." Like he ne- well, recognizes. Yeah, but them. then, then, then you go to Elaine's line about how LeChuck cast mm-hmm. a spell on Guybrush. Right. So presumably, going on the going on the world line theory <laughs> is that at some point between Monkey Island two and Curse of Monkey Island, LeChuck and or Guybrush realized LeChuck wasn't actually his brother, mm-hmm. and so that's why it's never brought up in another but Monkey Island here's game. But the, here's the big thing, though: if Whoa. LeChuck isn't his brother. Then how does the skull <laughs> of his parents work as the uh-huh. ingredient? How does it work in the first place? Well, see, then you could argue that the whole Dinky <laughs> Island tunnel sequence was part of the spell. Mm. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I think. It's like why why how, why is Lechuk waiting down there even? Yeah, yeah. The how did place? how did Lechuk get down there in the first place? And why is there a room with Guybrush's dead parents in it? Uh huh. And why is yeah. there? Yeah. It's just all a that. really surreal. Whole that last sequence is incredibly surreal. Altogether, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that last sequence. Yeah. As much as as much as the ending, the eventual ending frustrates me. The last puzzle sequence, I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Just it's the whole true. sequence in the tunnels, I, mm-hmm. I love it. Uh huh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I think we've talked about the ending. Uh, All right, enough. here's another puzzle I'm going to complain about. Okay. Okay. Now the well, this is actually territory. well, and actually, I'm, this is this is probably my own fault for having played the game before. I knew you were supposed to put the Kate flyer on the Guybrush Wanted poster to put her in jail. Right. But I didn't ever think that... I didn't ever think to get the envelope with the Neargrog in it. Oh. So I kept trying to use all the colored grogs on cups and... (laughs) Yeah. What's his name's house? Rum Rogers' house. And it would never work. It made me sad. Yeah, that kind of... That kind of hinges on you talking to everybody because right. if you talk to the bartender on Skype, well, yeah. he tells you about got, the near grog. I knew she had the near grog, and then I just never thought, oh, it's in the Fat Island Jail. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. This took me so long to make that connection. One thing I will say though, observing Anton playing the ending sequence, the puzzle where you have to get a balloon and two surgical gloves and fill them, fill them full of helium, and then use the elevator. That seems a little unfair in retrospect. I yeah, that doesn't really make any can. sense. I was like, what? Okay, that is it's, yeah. It's just a desperate attempt to get lighter, and it works somehow. Like, I well, remembered the puzzle, so I didn't have trouble with it. But watching Anton do it, I was like, yeah, that's really kind of a bad puzzle. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's it it requires you to kind of think. Not logically, because there's that box in the elevator that says 900 pounds uh-huh. on it. So it requires you to estimate how much Guybrush weighs. Yeah, exactly. And then think, okay, well, I have to make him lighter so that the 1,000-pound weight limit mm-hmm. isn't over, doesn't go over. But they don't indicate when you pull the lever that it's the weight limit that's keeping you down, either. They just yeah. have the door is not closed. Right. I don't know. Yeah, the puzzle design sometimes does go a little bit too far into trying to beat you over the head with... Uh-huh how Obscurity. tricky it is. Oh, okay, but here's going back to the the uh the puzzle density. The the way they came got around that I I really like the fact that they gave you two difficulty options when you start the game. And I think they turned this off on the special edition. Uh, yeah, nobody does. You only have hard mode. mode and special edition. Mm-hmm. But see, in the in the original version there's an easy mode where all of those those really yeah. nasty like the monkey wrench or the banana on mm-hmm. the metronome those got cut in the easy yeah. version, so you could just kind of breeze through it, and you wouldn't get all wrapped up it's true. in how, all the little tiny puzzles. And then, so then that way, when you go to hard mode, mm-hmm. you kind of already know the landscape of the game, and you can, it, it's not as right. you're not as lost on yeah. trying to figure out what to do next. I thought that was a really really nice it's touch. True. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Okay, here's my other thing that I enjoyed. If you get the near grog, and you try to drink it, guy will say, "I'll only drink part of it." It'll go down. It'll say half a bottle of near grog. <laughs> you drink it again, and he says, "I'll only drink part of it." And it goes down to a third of a bottle, and a fourth of a bottle, and a fifth of a bottle, and a sixteenth or a sixth of a bottle, a seventh of a bottle, an eighth of a bottle, and it keeps going. It, it just, just keep, adds on to the number. Just, yeah, I got up to like one two hundredth of a bottle of near grog <laughs> just from drinking it over and over. That's awesome. You can do the same thing with the dynamite on Dinky Island. Uh, After you light the dynamite, uh-huh. if you just sit there, it, it, Guybrush will describe how short the fuse is getting. <laughs> I mean, it'll never blow up while it's in Guybrush's pants, but he'll just it'll get ridiculously short. <laughs> I love all those little tiny touches like that. Uh huh. Like like um. When you're talking to Herman Toothrot, if you talk to him about philosophy enough, he asks yes. you if a tree falls in the forest, what color is it, uh-huh. I think is the question. Yes. And so it gives you this entire list of like hundreds of colors yes. that you have to yes. go through. I-, I love that part of the game. And then Even though admittedly I hardly ever go through it because it takes so long to, f- to get I, through I the whole it. list of colors. I did you it. Did it? <laughs> I did it. I did too. I and I, lo- I love Dominique the punchline though. dulcet tones reading me all the colors. I love the punchline though. Yes. Is that when Guybrush finally solves the <laughs> philosophical puzzle, uh-huh. he, Herman T- Toothrot says, Now what have you learned? And then Guybrush says that philosophy is a waste of my time. And yes. then Herman Toothrot says, Very good. It takes most people years <laughs> to figure that out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have nothing more to teach you. Yeah, I love that. That's hilarious. Yes. That's the only thing should... he does in the game. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, why is Herman there. Toothrot even there? So that implies Dinky Island is Monkey Island. Which I guess they yeah uh, they have that yeah later, they right? totally said that and I think escape they say that no, Dinky Island is like a tiny little subset of or like an island right off the coast of Monkey Island. They say that in Curse when you're talking to LeChuck and he's explaining everything in his exposition thing at the end of yeah. the, or right before the second to last part. Yeah, he tells you that the tunnels connect Dinky Island and Monkey Island together. Uh, okay. So the amusement park is on Monkey Island according to the later I games. I see. Which I guess. Um, makes sense as far as the titling because Monkey Island isn't in Monkey Island 2. So uh, it's like, but it, they actually went to Monkey Island! Uh, anyway, um, I think we should wrap this up. Yeah, the yeah, we've been talking about this here. for a while. So, um, so Monkey, uh, let's rate it. Monkey Island 2, what do you guys rate it? I'm going to go ahead and say that it is a definitely a solid 97. Um, hmm. I don't think yeah. I'll honestly give a perfect rating just because there's always something you can nitpick in the game. But this is yeah. definitely so close to a perfect game. There is only, like like we talked about, a couple of puzzles that are like, what? But most of it is so, so good. I love this game yeah. so much. I'll give it 95 out of 100 pieces of 8. I'll give it a 95 too. I would give it a perfect 100. But, but I'll take off I'll take off points for the puzzles that occasionally go too far in the yes. ending. Okay. All right. Oh, here's so, another thing I wanted to complain about. All of these treasures <laughs> that they're like they're lost forever. No one knows where the Mad Monkey is sunk. And then you just go to your local library and check out a book, and they tell you. <laughs> or it's like yes. you, no one knows where Big Whoop is, and you go to the Dinky Island, and there's the sign that says "Home of the Legendary Treasure of Big Whoop." Yeah, but and nobody knows where Dinky X. Island is. That's true. See, because if you talk to all Pinky the pirates Islander, throughout the game, th- yeah, they all give it the wrong name. Uh-huh. That, that's fair. But there's so, a sign. But nobody can find X. Dinky Island, so, I mean, even if you... Like, once you're on Dinky Island, you know that Big yeah. Whoop is there. But then Elaine is like, I heard an explosion in the direction of Dinky Island. 
Guybrush must be messing with my grandfather's treasure. But she See, had the map. She, she obviously knew, knows. She knew because she was is. she was Captain Marley's granddaughter. Well, yeah. She just she just never told Guybrush where the treasure was. Okay, yeah. Uh, hey guys. What? Yeah. Did you know that there is a peninsula on the northern shore of Grand Lake O the Cherokees in Oklahoma called Monkey Island? Yes. Yes, I knew that. Yes. Just I've always wanted to go there. I almost made a trip there um, to film a silly video, but it didn't happen. Ha ha ha. Um, Next time we yeah. go over to your house, we, we can make a pit stop. Yeah, for sure. Anywho, um, I think that's it. Um, Monkey Island 2, excellent game. Everyone should play it. Definitely. One, it really is, is one of the classics. This is yes. one of, like, if you're going to play any adventure, like, if you're going to play through adventure games, this is definitely the one you have to play no matter what. Yeah, and we talked about this on Monkey Island 1, but the special edition makes it so you have no excuses. Because before you could say, oh, okay, well, Monkey Island 2 is kind of hard. Uh-huh. You can get stuck really easily, but now they've got a hint system built in, so you really have no excuse to not play this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, yep. definitely. And it's on Steam. How much did you say it was, Anton? Ten dollars. Ten dollar. Ten dollar on Steam. Ten dollars. So, I must play classic game to play. get it. All that yeah. stuff. So, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, next week's adventure game, we're going to be continuing to go through the LucasArts catalog sort of in order. Um, so the next game that LucasArts developed, the next adventure game, rather, that they developed was Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Dun, dun, and dun. this is another favorite of mine, so looking forward to playing through this again. This one is also available on Steam, believe it yes. or not. You can get this game on Steam for $5. Wow. What a so, bargain. It is a bargain. It is. It is a great game. You can. Can you also play it in the Wii game? There's like ah, <laughs> if you're if you're also, a true adventurer. Also true. So there's this Wii game that came out called Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings, and they decided they were going to include a Fate of Atlantis as an Easter egg. Yes. And I remember when Staff of Kings came out, I bought it just to get the Fate of Atlantis <laughs> Easter egg. I, I never beat Staff of Kings. I just uh-huh. played the built-in Fate of Atlantis. <laughs> yes. So. And Let's. Just, I, I would like That's to how good a game it is. Get out of the way now. Uh, did you already mention we we're going to do this for two weeks instead of one week? Oh no, I hadn't. Yeah, um, we're having trouble keeping up with the uh, original <laughs> schedule that we set for ourselves of doing an, one adventure game every week. So we are going to back off and just do. Um, we're going to go to an every other week schedule. So we'll spend two weeks on Fate of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. But this will also give you guys more time to send in uh, cool feedback yeah. about Fate of yeah. Atlantis. Um, really, what we'd like to do is have people send in their own reviews or memories or comments on whatever game we're reviewing. I, I think I just kind of throw feedback around generally. So um, we would like game-specific feedback so we can kind of get other people's opinions in on the mix so it's not just the three of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because about the game. we all grew up with these games. We all talked about them before we did this podcast. So it's like we all have similar opinions about most things, except for mm-hmm. Escape from Monkey Island. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, we do sort of have rose-tinted specs as far as these games go. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we would like to hear from you guys about whatever game we're reviewing. So please uh, send, mm-hmm. your po- send your feedback to podcast at ridgewayfilms.com. Uh, next, next, 
I was about to say next week. Uh, the next episode in two weeks from now will be Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. And uh, if you've played Fate of Atlantis through, uh, we're going to, because we have three people playing through this as long as Anton doesn't wimp out. Um, <laughs> at a certain point in the game, you have to choose between. Uh, let's see, you're given a choice to solve things with your fists or with your wits or with help. And we should settle right here, right now. Who's doing what, so we can get <laughs> all three paths. Oh, so you wanna you wanna. Uh, have each of us do one of the paths, and yeah. then we compare them. Totally, but yeah, I think we you, should. If you honestly, play, when I play through Fate of Atlantis, I, I always save it at the point where the branching happens, <laughs> and then I just play through all three paths every time <laughs> I play Fate of Atlantis. Well, that's um, but yeah, we can totally do that. We can each of us do one path, and then uh, I call we, dibs we can, on the wits path. Okay, I'll take uh, I'll take the team path. Yeah, I was gonna ask for the fists path so I could solve things with my face. So that's good. Wow. I'd love to hear a psychologist's I, opinion on this. <laughs> I usually do pick the fist path, but uh, I decided to, to shake things up. Ah, I like wits. Team was the first one I did when I didn't realize that there was branching in it. We were just kind of playing through it. Team was the one it stuck me with. So mm. that was, that's like the original path for me. Yeah, I feel like team is the one they want you to do because you get more interaction with uh, Indy and Sophia. Anyway, we're getting off track already. On yeah, yeah. So, so you guys sh- send us emails with what path is your favorite. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, play Fate of Atlantis. Choose a path. Tell us what you think. Um, if you fun. have suggestions about the podcast in general, uh, we'll take those too. Yep. Um, What's the email Anything again? else? What? What's the email again? Did we say it already? No, I don't think we actually mentioned the email for sending in feedback. Here it is, podcast at RidgewayFilms.com. Yep, yep. And if you, like, don't want to get on email and stuff, we do have Ridgeway Films. This is our main thing we do. Uh, we have a Facebook and Twitter page. You can find us. And if you message us, we'll, one of us will probably read it at some point. I really should start up a separate Facebook group. I think probably well, once we know. actually get once we actually get people sending in feedback and interacting with us, I think I will do that, so we can have like a little club to hang out at. Yeah, do yeah. a Google Plus hangout. Yeah, we should call it the Scum Bar. Uh, okay. Anyway, so um, that's all for this episode. Woohoo! See you guys with Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. We'll be um, back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Anyway, I'm Elliot. I'm Anton. Philip Summer. And this has been Threepcast. Bill, you should send us off with uh, your Jamaican voice. Hey, you know, man, this has been Threepcast, you know, and we are signing off. Aya! Do do, do Jamaican people say aya? They do now. Stereotype nailed. Nailed it. Nailed it. So, this episode of Threepcast featured monkey... Bleh, sorry. Featured monkey, monkey, monkey snot. Monkey bleh. Monkey snot. Uh, this episode of Threepcast featured music by Trapezoid.
the song Monkey Brain Soup for the Soul, which can be downloaded from ocremix.org. This podcast was not sponsored by Audible. (laughs) Um, So, that's it. Now turn off your iPod and go do something constructive. Like ride a bike. Or paint a yellow line down your neighbor's driveway. Or read a book. Or print a pretty picture. Or sing Welsh folk songs at the bank. Or end world hunger. Or organize your sock drawer alphabetically. Or publish a magazine about pencil shavings. Or escape from all the people playing League of Legends. Or make your bed. Or send a comment to podcast at ridgewayfilms.com. <laughs> Or watch some good old-fashioned anime. Or cook lasagna. Or eat lasagna. Or give lasagna to a homeless man. Whoa. Or throw lasagna at a homeless man. Or quit your job and leave your home. Or build swing set. Or learn to fly a rocket. Climb a mountain. Learn a foreign language. Or get naked in public. Start working out. Before, preferably before you get naked. <laughs> Start a podcast. Ooh. Or stick your finger in an outlet. Or stick your finger in the blender. Stick your finger in your nose. <laughs> or stick your finger in a toaster. <laughs> stick your finger in a vat of pudding. Mm. Or kiss a stranger. Or ride a bike. Or start a pole. Or climb a pole. Be the pole! Learn to juggle. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs>